This hour of the Costa Report is brought to you by Dole Food Company, the world's leading producer and distributor of fresh fruits and vegetables. The heart is a blue. Shoots up through the stony ground. There's no room. No space to win in this town. You're out of luck. day. Welcome to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa and thank you for joining me for another two hours of Straight Talk Radio. Last week we had an opportunity to talk with the controversial author of Battle Hymn of the Tiger Mother, Amy Chua, about whether Western parents expect enough from their children. Well, I received an unusual number of emails and by a wide margin, you agreed with our guests that expecting children to do their best, whether it's in school or at home, is the way to build self-esteem that will last a lifetime. So I wanted to take a quick moment at the beginning of the program to thank you for sharing your stories with me. This week, we move from expectations we have of our children to expectations we have for their future. Our guest is the president of the Israeli-Palestinian Confederation, Mr. Joseph Avisar. And for those of you not familiar with the IPC, it's an innovative and controversial approach to peace in the Middle East based on the formation of a third governing body, which represents peaceful Israelis and Palestinians who, by the way, represent the vast majority of both groups. Based on what I view as a gross and I do mean gross mischaracterization of the IPC, I feel that I must make it clear from the very beginning of the program that the IPC does not advocate the abolition of Israeli or Palestinian governments and has no intention of undermining any agreements between these governments, nor are they trying in any way to erase history as some have claimed. Joseph Avisar is with us on the Costa Report today to set that record straight, and it's my privilege to offer him a platform to do so. Before Mr. Avisar joins us, I want to give you a little background about who he is because I think this will correctly frame his intentions. Though Avisar's parents originated in Iraq, Joseph was born and grew up in the city of Ramat Gan. I'm sure I didn't pronounce that right. They always tease me about my uh, my Hebrew accent. So there's no possibility I'm going to get all, all the uh, pronunciations right. But he was born and raised in the city of Ramat Gan in Israel. He served in the Israeli military along the West Bank, where he had an opportunity to experience firsthand the prejudices and misunderstandings which divide us. At the age of 21, Avasar immigrated to the United States. He earned a bachelor's degree in international studies from UCLA and shortly after a law degree from Southwestern Law School. Since that time, he has practiced law in California for over 30 years. He primarily handles immigration, civil 
uh, litigation and injury cases. Mr. Avasar has also authored two books. His first book was titled A Simple Guide to U.S. Immigration Law, and his second book is called Peace. In 2003, Mr. Avasar took his family for a visit to Israel. Then just one week after they returned to the United States, Avasar was horrified to learn that a suicide bomber had exploded his device at a cafe that he and his family had frequented in downtown Jerusalem. The incident happened on a very ordinary day in an ordinary coffee shop with ordinary people all around. This news story became a pivotal moment, a pivotal moment for Avasar as he watched the drama unfolding on television. If the bomb had exploded just a week earlier, he and his family would have been killed. It was then that Avasar made a decision. He knew that there were many more peaceful Israeli and Palestinians like himself than there were violent citizens. Many Israeli and Palestinian experts and academics were already using back channels to open constructive dialogue. But none of these peaceful advocates had any forum where their voices could be aggregated. In fact, many who wanted peace were being intimidated and scared into silence. To Avasar's way of thinking, this was wrong. So Avasar started the Israeli-Palestinian Confederation. His idea was to establish a third independent government for both Israeli and Palestinian people. In other words, if the Palestinians distrust the Israelis and vice versa, the only way to change the situation was to begin with a blank sheet of paper and create a forum where both groups had equal say. Little did Avasar realize the firestorm he was about to ignite. Today, both groups accuse him of being an agent for the other side. Both claim that he's trying to undermine or replace their existing governments. Both sides have intimidated and threatened citizens who support Avasar's efforts toward a united peace rather than divisive war. We are fortunate today to have a man with us who has put it all on the line for a new opportunity for peace, Mr. Joseph Avasar. Welcome to the program, Mr. Avasar. Thank you, and you pronounce Ramat Gan very well. Oh, thank you. Well, I had uh, Peter Coyote on the program not too long ago, and he said I wasn't going to win any awards for my Hebrew accent, and I had to agree with him immediately. <laughs> uh, just to get the ball rolling today, what are the objectives of the IPC, and, and how is this new government going to work? Well, we have a very specific objective. We have uh, uh, an election coming up on December 12, 2012, this year. And uh, what we have done is divided the whole area of Israel, the West Bank and Gaza, into 300 districts. Uh, each district uh, will elect one person. That person can be either Israeli or Palestinian. It makes no difference. At the end of the day, we will have 300 parliament members, and they will be the third government that would um, attempt to pass legislation and uh, was submitted to the Israeli and the Palestinian government for uh, an opportunity for them to veto. If they do not veto it, it becomes law. So they would be making recommendations to the existing uh, government infrastructures for Israel and the Palestinians? Is that right? No, they are, they, are, they are going to be the government of the people of Israel and Palestine together. I see. So this is not a, a recommending body. This is a body in and of itself. This is a body elected which will be elected by the people of Israel and Palestine, just like any democracy. Mm -hmm. Except that in this democracy, the people are the people of Israel and Palestine together. 
Now you say that they this is you know you've divided them all the territories up and it doesn't matter uh, who the people elect to represent them. So uh, what happens if there are only six Jews elected and sixty Palestinians? Um, how would legislation get passed fairly? Well, there are going to be three hundred parliament members. Mm-hmm. So what now if it's overwhelmingly Palestinian? Well, let's say 200 Palestinian uh, parliament members are elected and 100 Israelis. Mm-hmm. Uh, in order to pass legislation, you will need 55% of the Palestinians to vote yes, and you'll need 55% of the uh, Israelis to vote yes on any legislation. So it really makes no difference what's the cumulative uh, number of each group. It makes a difference what percentage of that group will vote yes on the legislation. So. So if there were only six Jews, if four of them agreed that legislation should be passed, uh, that would be 55, over 55% of their representation. Is that correct? No, I'm not clear. We are electing 300 parliament members. Yes, but what if only six Jews get elected out of the 300? Well, we're not talking about we – we are – talking about Israelis and Palestinians. Okay, six Israelis. Six Israelis are elected, uh, then you will need 55% of the six to vote yes on the legislation. But mm-hmm. but it's not going to be possible that six will be elected because there are a lot of districts that are exclusively Israelis. So um, Right, so it's not likely a Palestinian would be elected there. We have to take a short break. When we come back, I'd like to uh, continue this discussion about how legislation would be passed in the IPC. You're listening to the Costa Report. There's no question that selling a home can be a tricky business when the economy is uneven. But here's a little bit of good news. Not only are financing options opening up, America's love affair with the Monterey Peninsula still continues. Homes that are priced and marketed right are moving. Hi, I'm Judy Profeta, owner-broker of Alon Pinnell Realtors in Carmel, where we're happy to report that inventories are coming down and homes are selling. So if you're getting ready to sell or listing your home, call Alon Pinnell Realtors in Carmel at 831-622-1040 or stop by our offices on the corner of Ocean and Dolores or our main office on Unipero between 5th and 6th in downtown Carmel. Alon Pinnell Realtors, serious brokers for serious sellers. Tell the truth. When was the last time you read a book and couldn't wait to tell a friend about it? I'm Rebecca Costa, author of The Watchman's Rattle, the first book that explains why leaders and experts have become gridlocked, why we can no longer solve our most dangerous problems in spite of more technology and information than ever before. The Watchman's Rattle exposes a dangerous turn all civilizations make prior to their collapse, the substitution of facts with unproven beliefs. Go to www.rebeccacosta.com. Find out why Richard Branson, Donald Trump, Trudy Styler, Dr. Edward O. Wilson, and James Watson have endorsed the Watchman's Rattle and why it was named the top science book of 2010 by the Library Journal. If it's been a long time since you couldn't put a book down, don't wait. 
Pick up the Watchman's Rattle today. The Watchman's Rattle, available at bookstores everywhere and Amazon.com. Hi folks, Warren Knox here of Knox Roofing and the Knox Garden Box. It's 2012. Holy smokes! I remember when 2000 came around. Seemed like a funny number then. You know, I think we are all headed for better times myself. May not look that way right now, but the path we are on will only lead us to change. It's a good time to make a few resolutions and stick to it. I'll tell you our environment is dependent on us to change. Knox Roofing and the Knox Garden Box has made a few New Year's resolutions as well. Stand back for further news about that. They only give me 60 seconds here, but eating the right foods and keeping your roof in good shape is a good start to the new year, right? So call 461-0634 and we'll respond right away. Come visit us at our store and showrooms in both Sand City and Scotts Valley. The number to call is 461-0634. Okay, thanks folks. Hey parents, it's hard to pick up your kids nowadays without embarrassing them. Hi, honey. Mom, not in front of my friends. Well, kiss the embarrassment goodbye with OMGPS. OMGPS is a state-of-the-art navigation system that tells you exactly how far away you need to park when you pick up your kids. Keisha at mall. Proceed to outer food court. But she's not at the food court. She's at the movie theater. Exactly. OMGPS comes with patented preteen reasoning technology to pinpoint precise pickup locations and minimize embarrassment. In 100 yards, turn off the oldies music. Thanks, OMGPS. OMGPS is not available in stores because it doesn't exist. But that's okay. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Because kids in foster care don't need perfection. They need you. For more information on how you can adopt, go to AdoptUsKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Adopt Us Kids and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa and our guest today is the president of the Israeli-Palestinian Confederation, Mr. Joseph Avasar. And before the break, we were talking about the charter of the IPC and how legislation would be passed. So I just want to continue with that. There are 300 districts and the way that the IPC is set up is for any legislation to pass, 55% of the Israelis that are represented in the IPC uh, have to approve legislation and 55% of the Palestinians have to prove it. So let's just take an example of if there are 300 representatives and only 100 Israelis and there are 200 Palestinians, uh, there would have to be 55 votes, a minimum of 55 votes from the Israelis and a minimum of 165 votes from the Palestinian side in order for legislation to be approved. Is that correct? Do I have that right? I believe it's 110 from the Palestinian, 55% of 200 Oh, 200. That's correct. I have yeah. 300. <laughs> You're right. 110. So 110. Boy, you know what? I should go back and do my math right. I had 300 there and you're right. 200 Palestinians. So out of 200 Palestinians, 110 would have to approve legislation. And out of 100 Israelis, 55 would. And that is the only way that legislation would be approved. So it really doesn't matter. And I think this is the point that everyone misses, that if it, if it has to be approved by 55% of any particular group, it doesn't matter what the exact numbers of representatives are. Is that correct? That's correct. That's correct. And, and we are assuming also that all Palestinians 
will vote differently than Israelis. And um, that's just not going to be the case, because a Palestinian from Gaza may have the exact same interest as a Palestinian from uh, Ashkelon or Tel Aviv. On, it depends on the issue. So um, the, the, it really, the whole thing would depend on what the legislation is and how it affects the regional area of that particular district. Mm -hmm. As much as I want to believe that would be the case, I look at our own government and they line up by sides almost on every piece of legislation that goes through Washington, D.C. So you would think that there would be some commonality between the left and the right about social issues, but it doesn't actually in reality seem to work that way. Don't you agree? I do not agree. If you you go do to, not? Okay. I do not, I do not agree. <laughs> if you go to a federal law library, mm -hmm. you will see thousands and thousands of statutes that have been passed by uh, our Congress. And that Congress is uh, Democrats, uh, Republicans, and Independents. So they were able to agree on tremendous amount of legislation. Mm -hmm. It's just that we give publicity to the to the part of the legislation that we are not able to pass. But in reality, we have... Uh, tremendous uh, uh, regulation and uh, legislation and, uh, and things are working very well. I mean, we are the most sophisticated uh, democracy that uh, ever existed in the history of uh, probably humanity. Mm -hmm. And so your view is, is that depending on what the local issues are, uh, it really isn't going to matter. There's going to probably be a lot more agreement than there is dissension. Uh, yes, I, mm -hmm. I believe that there are so many. We have done a mock Israeli-Palestinian Confederation legislation mm -hmm. on uh, pass, on uh, Facebook. We had uh, Israeli-Palestinian mock parliament members. We had an Israeli prime minister, Palestinian president, and uh, and the Hamas leader, and we gave them all the veto power. And we were able to pass 29 pieces of legislation, and the Hamas leader uh, uh, did not veto one of them. The Israeli uh, uh, prime minister... Uh, vetoed some of them, and the, and the uh, president of Palestine vetoed some, but in most part, uh, we were able to pass legislation. They have so much in common um, that they can work together. We, what we are trying to do is change this um, uh, vision of, uh, of uh, fighting between the two and, and, uh, and, and acting like a chess player against each other, trying to outsmart each other. We're trying to change this vision to a vision of... of uh, opportunity that both sides can realize a tremendous opportunity and imagine what they can do together rather than fighting each other. Uh, I do understand that and I think that um, it's interesting that you've decided that a third government needs to be formed. What caused you to not work within the infrastructure that is there today? Because the infrastructure that is there, here today, they are focused on exclusively uh, real estate. Basically, they are saying uh, this is going to be your land, this is going to be our land, and that's their exclusive. Exclusively, is their entire focus, they, they, and, and they are not able to see anything but real estate. We are focusing on people. We are saying instead of uh, uh, delineating what uh, street will be Israeli and what street will be Palestinian and what road will be Israeli or Palestinian, we are we are discussing the benefits and the opportunity that uh, should be given to the people of Israel and Palestine. We are not against dealing with uh, uh, real estate, but not as an exclusive um, uh, method of uh, solving this issue. You have to remember, Rebecca, uh, the United Nations voted to, uh, to divide the real estate in 1947. 
mm-hmm. more than 60 years ago, and That's they right. haven't been successful. Mm-hmm. So they, are, they have a very limited vision of peace, and we are trying to expand the vision of peace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know, they did that over 60 years ago, and at that time, the Palestinian people were offered land. Yes, and, and, they're, and they're both playing games with each other. Mm-hmm. The Israelis are um, playing games, and the Palestinians are playing games. They both, they, neither one of them really want a two-state solution. They are, for the, from the Palestinians' perspective, uh, they were thrown out of the house, and they live in the, in the in the backyard, and they are being told that they should uh, remain in the backyard, living with some Israelis, mm-hmm. and 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 they're and, and they're not willing to accept that, and they are being told that they should sign an agreement that they will never ag- want to come back to the main house. The and, Israeli, and from the Israeli perspective, from the Israeli perspective, the Palestinians should be in the. Um, in the in the backyard and they should be kept in check and their activity should be kept in check because israel is concerned about security in the main house Mm -hmm. so that's that's and they're both pretending that they want two-state solution neither one really wants two-state solution uh the israelis uh feel that um probably in time they will win because they are able to chop up the land and, and, and isolate the uh, Palestinians into little villages. And the Palestinians feel that they are going to have uh, a lot more population in the, in the future and they will be able to win the war against Israel. And neither side is going to win the war. There are about five and a half million Palestinians and five and a half million Jews in that area. And they are there to, um, to live together. And they have to find a formula to, to reside together. Now, if they want to, to divorce from each other, uh, we are not against the divorce. But um, it's not going to happen. They, they really don't want a divorce. They want the other person to, to leave the house. Well, and, what they want is subordination by the other side. Uh, look, uh, it's not even clear what they want. They, they, <laughs> they don't have a vision of peace. They mm-hmm. don't have a, a, a clear vision. They, are, they will only tell you what they don't want. They don't. They would really never tell you what what they do want. Mm-hmm. But regardless, we are not saying we are against a two-state solution. We don't think that it's going to happen. But if it is going to happen, fine. Even if it is going to happen, you would need a confederation uh, in order to learn to live with each other. And you need a confederation once there is a two-state solution in order to continue to learn to live with each other. That's correct. So either way, the confederation is a good idea. We have to take another short break. When we come back, I'd like to talk about some of the charges leveraged against the IPC. You're listening to the Costa Report. Hello, my name is Tom Burkhart, founder and CEO of Savant Investment Group. We recently opened an office on the Monterey Peninsula headed by local 22-year resident Peter Truman. Our firm began working with clients in the Bay Area 20 years ago. We understand the anxiety of the typical investor, particularly in these volatile times. We're SEC registered, we don't sell products, and we don't receive commissions. We are fee-only advisors. We have several strategies that focus on cash flow to meet your retirement income needs while reducing the risk of the overall portfolio. We manage accounts for $1 million and above. 
You can reach us at 1-800-672-8268, 1-800-672-8268, and visit our website at www.savantig.com. Again, www.savantig.com. Thank you. Wet Your Appetite Central California. Taste over 30 extra virgin olive oils, over 20 aged balsamic vinegars, and a dozen fused olive oils from around the world, seven days a week. It's time for a taste of the true olive connection with Susan and Mike Pappas. Taste the Bacqua Olive, the olive oil lover's olive oil. Green leaf aroma with strong hits of almond and fig with a delicious peppery aftertaste. Taste the organic fig balsamic vinegar from Modena, Italy. Sweet and sour essence with a delectably balanced, full-flavored finish. Put them together for delightful salad dressing, bread dipping, or marinade. Opa! Taste over 30 extra virgin olive oils, over 20 aged balsamic vinegars, and a dozen fused olive oils from around the world seven days a week at True Olive Connections Complimentary Tasting Room at 106 Lincoln Street in downtown Santa Cruz. And by the way, you'll find the best gift ideas this side of Tuscany at the True Olive Connection. And at trueoliveconnection.com. Sassy! Today's episode, Bobcat in the Cave. Oh, nuts! There's a bobcat in this cave! Save us, Sassy! You will, but first you'd like to stress the importance of cat adoption? Over 5 million cats go into animal shelters every year and they need to be adopted? Help us, Sassy! Why bother? We'll just get into more trouble tomorrow? Sassy is brought to you by the Ad Council and the shelterpetproject.org. Remember, adopt. KSEO was very disturbed about a particularly arrogant and unaccountable government agency called the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, or NOAA, that has been going around destroying the lives of many good people and actually causing the death of at least one and quite possibly many others, all in the name of environmental protection, and all the while feathering their own bureaucratic nests with lavish vacations and personal gifts, including yachts paid for with your money. But KSCO was even more disturbed by the shabby treatment of KSCO and you, the entire growing KSCO audience, by our Congressman Sam Farr and his staff. One would think that given the opportunity to publicly support or oppose the tactics of this abusive agency, that a congressman would jump at the chance to do so. But instead, Sam Farr has chosen to either shine us on or, worse yet, give us all the middle finger. Perhaps Sam Farr will rethink his dissing of his entire constituents and accept our offer to appear as a guest on the next KSCO special. This Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 noon, right here on Together We Really Can Make or Break a Politician Radio, AM 1080 KSCO. This is your favorite radio station, KSCO. Santa Cruz, California, 1080 on your dial. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm here today with the president of the Israeli-Palestinian Confederation. And before the break, our guest was making the point that whether or not a two-state solution is reached, a confederation which represents both 
the Israeli people and the Palestinians will be needed to keep peace. Now, we've covered some of the logistics and um, about how the IPC might work. Um, and I want to jump into some of the accusations which have been leveraged against the organization. So let's try to tackle these one by one. First, the misunderstanding that the IPC wants to eliminate and replace the existing Israeli and Palestinian governments. Let's start with that one. Well, that's just uh, basically false. I mean, if you read the Constitution, it's just the opposite. We are explicitly saying that uh, we are cooperating with the government of Israel and Palestine. We are uh, in favor of those governments remaining the governments of the people of Israel and Palestine. But we are creating a third government uh, for the people of Israel and Palestine together. So, And in addition to that, the Israeli-Palestinian Confederation is below those two governments. So they, these two governments have a veto power over our legislation. We, uh, Our constitution provide them uh, with a veto power. So it's just not, it's patently false. And where can people go to read this constitution? It's at uh, www.ipconfederation.org. That's I for Israel, P for Palestine, confederation.org. And you do have the full constitution available to anyone it, who would yes, be interested. It's in, uh, it's in Arabic, English, and uh, Hebrew. Mm -hmm. uh, so moving along, uh, the opposition also claims that this is a plot to create uh, a single Israeli-Palestinian state, and therefore it's uh, a concealed plot to eliminate Israel. How do you answer that charge? Well, it's just, uh, again, it's, it's false. We are saying the Israeli government remains the same. All the Israeli constitution remains the same. Uh, the Israeli military it remains the same. Uh, it, it, basically, what these people are saying that uh, that this is a plot to create peace, and peace is uh, will destroy the the state of Israel. That's basically what they are saying, and it's just the opposite. We are saying that uh, war it would destroy the state of Israel if Israel continue with the uh, uh, with this. Uh, 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 direction of uh, military uh, interaction with the Palestinians for for many many years, there is a possibility that it could lose one of those wars. It cannot win each and every war, and that is more dangerous to the state of Israel. Peace is the normal state of affair, and peace would uh, would secure the state of Israel. And we are in favor of the government of Israel remaining the the government for the people of Israel. You're a nonviolent peace advocating organization, but you'll agree with me that there's a great deal of paranoia concerning your motives. Um, and I'm surprised because, uh, as you point out, we have successful models for what you're proposing. For example, the European Union, it's comprised of 25 independent states, and they've been operating successfully since 1992. And I believe they hold elections every five years or so for the common European Parliament. So isn't that basically a similar kind of thing that you're proposing? It, it, I, I don't like to compare it because then I have to start dealing with, well, the European Union does this and this and that, and we don't <laughs> do it. And, and, but but we are an organization that's seeking peace. The paranoia is, in my opinion, is manufactured. It's not really by people who want peace. It's, it's, it's by people who want to continue the status quo. But and, none of the countries that belong to the European Union thought that that was a threat to their direct government. They didn't think that their government was going to be ousted, did they? I don't know. 
I, I, you know, I'm not really an expert on, on history or mm-hmm. political science. I, and I, I don't like to compare because then I get caught with this. Um, with the things that people don't like about the EU. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and I understand that. But I do think we have, if we look at the EU as just a model for an organization that uh, that countries can participate in to open up dialogue, because let's face it, the countries that belong to the EU, they don't all get along. Well, what's wrong with five and a half million Israelis and five and a half million Palestinians having representatives sitting together and trying to work out issues one by one? That issue could be uh, a bridge, it could be a hospital, it could be how to deliver uh, 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 food. And I, I mean, if you are paranoid about that, then, uh, you know, I'm sorry, there's something wrong with your paranoia. Uh, there is nothing wrong. This is the way people should be dealing with each other. And all we are saying is get Israelis and Palestinians who happen to live together get them together and and talk about how to solve issues that's as simple as that that's all (laughs) it seems like a simple concept but uh just recently um well i'm going to get to that in just a moment because we're going to talk about uh, when you just tried to have a uh gathering in a hotel in jerusalem and i want to talk about that um then as our next topic but i do want to read uh, something that you wrote which i thought summed up the problem um you said quote the palestinians and the israelis seem to agree on one thing the other is at fault each side either explicitly or implicitly want recognition by the other that they are innocent victims the other side is wrong or has acted unfairly or unjustly and demands that the other relinquish crucial aspects of its identity Clearly, the Israeli and Palestinian government view each other as adversaries, and as a result, they spend so little time focusing on a peaceful way to solve these issues, whether it's a school, a bridge, a, a hospital, um, you know, lines, lines of supplies, that kind of thing. And I, make, I think you make the point that this is the only thing that the IPC would focus on. Is that right? That's it. That, that's, that's the only thing. We, we're, we're not here to destroy anybody's dreams or aspirations. We're not here... We're to we are just trying to learn to deal with each other as human beings. That's all. And why do you think that the governments are not addressing these issues by bringing people from both sides uh, within a district together to solve these issues? What what's the roadblock? Well, I'm not sure that there is a roadblock. I'm not sure that they that they really thought about it. Uh, heavily. Uh, uh, You know, I think that once they do, they will realize that this is a way to have peace for their people. I I, I really, I I was actually astonished to see how little they think about uh, about those issues. They are very, very concerned about their own agenda, and that's it. Uh, it, It's nothing mysterious about it it's they're there to survive and they those governments uh they have their own survival uh issues and they 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 need coalition and they need budgets and they're really not thinking outside the box it's it's been going on for years and years and years and uh and they're really not paying attention to this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's interesting because as a sociobiologist, I can tell you that human beings uh, are natural-born collaborators. 
We actually function much better. We we capture larger prey. Uh, we defend ourselves from larger enemies Absolutely. when we can collaborate. So the natural state of the human organism is as a collaborator. Uh, and so it's very interesting that what you're trying to do is in, engender those natural instincts to come together to solve larger problems, whether it's building a school or a hospital or medicines or, you know, whatever the problem might be. Uh, you'd yeah. like local citizens who are peace-loving citizens to be able to have a voice and be able to have a forum for collaborating. Well, just imagine that the people of Israel and Palestine, instead of taking the uh, separation wall between Gaza and Israel, will turn all of that area into a joint economic zone. We'll build agriculture together, build um, uh, industry, perhaps even an international airport that will connect between Africa, Asia, uh, Europe, the United States, and people would be able to fly all over the world. Uh, using the, uh, the same common passport. I, I mean, it's as simple as sure, that. Sure, how about taking that land and just making it uh, universal? There, it's, it's owned by both. It's uh, owned by both. Mm -hmm, uh, how, about, mm -hmm. how about in Jerusalem, instead of having Israeli soldiers who uh, are seen as the enemy by the Palestinians and mm -hmm. are being mistrusted, how about if you have a joint Israeli-Palestinian Confederation police force? They have their own uniform, and they just... Uh, you know, they're just a regular police force, and if a Palestinian wants to go and pray at his mosque, then fine. And if Israeli wants to play, pray, pray at the holy uh, places for the uh, Jews, he, go, he goes and pray. And, uh, and, and the whole thing is controlled by an Israeli-Palestinian Confederation police force. Mm -hmm. Now, I hate to interrupt you. We have to take our last break. But when we return, sure. I'd like to talk to you about your first election, which is scheduled for this coming December. You're listening right. to the Costa Report. Hi, I'm Amy Tobin, a cookbook author and culinary expert. Every year when January rolls around, I'm always inspired to eat fresher, good-for-you foods. This year, my goal is to fill half my plate with fruits and vegetables at every meal. Dole makes it easy to create a variety of healthful dishes with their wide selection of salad blends and all-natural salad kits. From soups to side dishes to salads, enjoy the nutritious versatility of Dole baby spinach. Or for a blend that's already packed with the healthy goodness of crunchy carrots, crisp snow peas, and zesty radishes, try Dole Very Veggie. For the ultimate in wholesome convenience, toss together a Dole Spinach Cherry Almond Blue Salad Kit. For fresh ideas to include more healthy greens into your meals, visit Dole.com salad or like Dole Salad Guide on Facebook. To experience the flavor of Carmel Living, you don't have to travel as far as you think. It's just a short trip to the Carmel Bay Company website where you'll find the same honest, enduring designs that have been our store's signature for 40 years. We're probably best known for our rich collection of handcrafted, reclaimed wood furniture, each design a one-of-a-kind piece of functional art. Located in the historic Seven Arts building in the center of Carmel, you'll also find artfully crafted silver jewelry, Peruvian alpaca hats, vibrantly lacquered Asian cabinets, and a gorgeous array of original oils and watercolors by Carmel's top local artists. Recently, we've added boutique apparel and luxurious natural fabrics and textures. Just one more reason for our loyal following to return year after year. For these and more of our remarkable collection, visit our website, carmelbaycompany.com. Or better yet, stop by for a visit. We're open every day. 
I'm sure you must have heard this again and again. What would you get if you combined the great taste of that breakfast drink tang along with 187 different vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, enzymes added in the healing properties of green tea? Flowerpowerdrink.com Let me share with you a new tasty treat idea. Take one packet of Polyburst energy drink and pour it into a hot cup of water. That's right, a hot cup. Mmm, tastes delicious, especially in these cold, chilly days. Or instead of a cup of coffee or tea. Flowerpowerdrink.com Long-term sustained energy without the jitters. It helped people lose weight and gave more cellular nutrition than the best multivitamin known to man. Flowerpowerdrink.com The natural energy drink polymers. Try it, you'll like it. Flowerpowerdrink.com Looking for the best all-you-can-eat buffet for only $1.99? Come to Big Ed's Chow House. But if you're looking for Big Ed, don't come to Big Ed's Chow House. Big Ed passed away last week at 47, leaving his wife and children struck down in his prime by the same disease that got his father. So he won't be around for his family. And sadly, it could have been detected early with a simple test. But Big Ed didn't get it. Have you gotten the medical test you need? For a list of tests every man should have, go to AHRQ.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Looking for the truth? You'll find it on Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie. When you look at what's going on around this planet, it's almost as if someone has got a playbook to try to control all these countries all of a sudden. I've always said that not everything is a conspiracy, but a lot of it is. You know, when you start looking into things, there's only a certain set of conclusions you can reach. And unfortunately, this is one of them. You know, it's very, very hard not to see things like that when you start looking at things in a larger picture. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and our guest today is the president of the Israeli-Palestinian Confederation. Before the break, we were talking about the importance of allowing Israelis and Palestinians to work together to solve local problems rather than continue to focus exclusively on the division of real estate. Now, for listeners who don't know how strong the opposition to the IPC has been, can you tell us what recently happened when you tried to get Palestinians and Israelis together to discuss the effect the Arab Spring might have on both groups? Well, yeah, we had a group of demonstrators at both of our locations. We were supposed to have a convention at the Ambassador Hotel in Jerusalem and the and, uh, uh, Talita Kumi in Bethlehem. And we were faced with uh, demonstrators. Uh, most of them, uh, I, I think probably all of them, were Palestinians who, uh, in my opinion, uh, did not understand what we are about. But they, from what I un- read in the media, they uh, received instructions from the PLO um, that uh, they need to disrupt our convention, and they have been able to disrupt uh, our convention. Now, this and, convention was in December of last year, is that right? Uh, it was supposed to be in December of 12, 2012, to, to commemorate one year before the election. The election is going to be December 12th this year. Right, so, and this was December last year. You were commemorating the, the election that would take place this year. Correct, correct. correct. Yes, and and uh, was the, was the uh, conference... Uh, dis- completely disrupted? Did it take yes, place? It, yes, uh, they, they threatened the, uh, the hotel and the hotel uh, uh, just uh, uh, canceled the event. They, they were 
and uh, with our agreement, we we didn't really want to create any uh, uh, any any situation in which people's uh, life would be uh, harmed. And uh, so uh, the hotel spoke with us, and uh, we decided to stop it and uh, and not even start it actually. And uh, that was uh, very unfortunate, uh, but. Um, uh, on the other hand, we have a huge amount of Palestinians who are supporting us. And from what I understand, um, those demonstrators were orchestrated by, the, by a certain uh, uh, group of the PLO who are, who are against normalization of relationship between Israel and, uh, and uh, uh, Palestinians. And, uh, uh, but they, they didn't really uh, provide us with any reasons why they are against the Confederation. I don't think they understood what we are all about. Uh, they just received uh, instructions. They came by with buses and uh, demonstrated and uh, threatened us. So now, if they're threatening you when you're trying to just have a, a conference and a meeting, uh, what's going to happen this December when people are trying to vote, and how will people vote? Well, the vote is going to be on the Internet. So they will not be able to disrupt any physical location. It's going to be on the Internet. Uh, we anticipate that there will also be uh, opposition from, uh, from Israel, from people in Israel. And uh, we are really not planning to have, uh, we're not hoping to have, or, or we would like to have a huge number of voters. But if we can get uh, 2 or 1% of the population in Israel and Palestine, mm -hmm. uh, then we would be able to go on and, 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 and have discussions. It takes uh, brave people on both sides. Uh, there is no question about it. We're, we're not naive. But uh, little by little, we will show how this process works because both sides have misunderstanding of what, it, what we are all about. Uh, they, and, uh, but if we just show how simple this thing is and, and that we have uh, pure uh, intentions, then, uh, then they'll realize that, oh, okay, well, the devil is not that, uh, that bad. And, and uh, hopefully with the international community uh, and, uh, support and, 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 and pointing out to them that they haven't really been able to achieve anything. In fact, they, they took uh, the wheel back. Um, then we will be able to... Uh, and you do to, have some very uh, strong and famous supporters. Yes, absolutely. We have very strong. I mean, the uh, president of Al-Quds University, Sari Nusebe, mm -hmm. uh, who, uh, who, who uh, unfortunately canceled his appearance before our convention, uh, he's a very strong supporter. He's a very brave person. He, uh, he was interviewed by uh, uh, several media and, uh, and the... Uh, and uh, radio, and uh, he, he's a strong supporter of the idea of a confederation. Uh, Shlomo Ben-Ami, who uh, uh, was uh, Israel's uh, foreign minister and a, a great visionary, he also supports the idea of a confederation. And, uh, uh, and we haven't really been able to get articulation by anyone who would say that 
why they are against the Confederation. Uh, just that. Well, like that's frequently the case when we're fearful. We're not able to articulate what our fear specifically is. And yeah. that's how you know it's sort of an instinctive reaction. It's yeah. not going through the logical mind. It's going through the lizard brain. <laughs> yeah, so. I, I mean, I mean, the fear is really for, uh, I think that, uh, you know, the, 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 the Jewish people want to be, uh, to remain Jewish, and the Palestinian people want to remain Muslim, and they, they are afraid of intermingling with each other. Mm-hmm. But this is not a reason to go to war. Uh, you know, if I don't want my son or daughter to marry someone of the other religion, it's my private issue. I, I should not make other people uh, die for it. And that's what it comes down to, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, we, we live well, in... Well, we had I- similar prejudices here in this country uh, prior to the civil rights movement. There was a, a, a real fear, an irrational fear of commingling of races. And uh, and you know in this case it's a commingling of religions and um, but but it's the same kind of irrational fear and right. uh, and it did erupt in violence quite a bit of it. Yeah, but you know uh, Jews and Muslims have lived in peace for hundreds of years, uh, and uh, there was some intermarriage. And uh, okay, I, I am I, I'm not against intermarriage. I, I, I but uh, Jews and Jews lived in. In uh, all over the world, and we remain Jewish for hundreds of years. So it's kind of ironic that now we are in our own country, we are afraid of intermarriage. Uh, when we are the majority, when we are strong, and we have our own identity. When we lived in for hundreds and thousands of years in the diaspora all over the world, uh, we continued uh, to remain Jewish. So why, why is the fear? There, is, there shouldn't be any fear. And, and certainly we should not be uh, going to war over it. Mm-hmm. Now, I do need to ask you, um, where does the funding for the IPC come from? Because many times people will ascribe a certain motive depending on where the funding has, uh, has developed for a certain organization. Uh, how do you fund the IPC? We have a uh, few minor uh, uh, donors, mm-hmm. and we have a large uh, and, and one large donor who you happen to speak to right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that. I, I, In fact, I read in an interview somewhere that uh, this mission, which is a very deeply personal mission, is uh, costing your law practice uh, just something south of a million dollars a year. <laughs> so for people who question your motives, uh, I have to say uh, that sort of speaks volumes. Look, I got into it uh, by accident. I didn't really want to get into it. This is like, you know, I don't know if you have time, but when I was 16, I, I, I went surfing for the first of my life in, in Tel Aviv. First time in my life, and I see this child drowning, and I thought he's dead. So I said, good, he's dead. I don't have to touch a dead body. And then I saw he's alive, and I said, oh, my God. <laughs> now I have to save him. And I did mm-hmm. save him, but not because I, I, I wanted to surf. I didn't want to. I had no choice. The, the kid was alive, and I had to save him. So this thing got into my mind 
the idea of an Israeli-Palestinian confederation, mm -hmm. and it's kind of like I'm stuck with it. I, I, yes, you are. You are stuck with it. When you're yeah. called on a mission, uh, you do have to go on it, and I will tell you that inconvenience is the greatest test of our moral resolve. Uh, so I, 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 I'm afraid we wife. are out of time, but uh, before we say goodbye, I do want to thank you for the many personal sacrifices you're making to put a peaceful alternative on the table. Thank you, Mr. Absalom. All right. I enjoyed it very much. If your station is leaving us after this hour, my guest next week is Nobel Memorial Prize winning economist Mr. Peter Diamond. Last June, Mr. Diamond withdrew his nomination to serve on the Federal Reserve because of what he characterized as political gridlock. Diamond will talk about the stalemate in Washington, D.C. and the consequences to the American economy. Don't miss Mr. Peter Diamond next week right here on the Costa Report, the place where staunch conservatives, diehard liberals, and the radical center of the country go to get their news. Once again, I want to take a moment to thank my guest this first hour, the president of the Israeli-Palestinian Confederation, Mr. Joseph Avisar. I'm Rebecca Costa, and you're listening to the Costa Report. If you haven't picked up a copy of The Watchman's Rattle yet, may I make a suggestion? First, read what the experts have to say about the book. Go to www.rebeccacosta.com, where you'll find reviews written by game changers such as Sir Richard Branson, Trudy Styler, Tina Brown, Donald Trump, Senator Bill Bradley, and two-time Pulitzer Prize winner Dr. Edward O. Wilson. The Watchman's Rattle was recently named the top science book of 2010 by the American Library Journal. Over 50 reviews and articles from experts at the New York Times, Inc. Magazine, CNN's Larry King Live, The Huffington Post, and the San Jose Mercury News are also available on the website. If you haven't picked up your copy of The Watchman's Rattle, a page-turner that spells out why governments, experts, and leaders have become gridlocked and can no longer solve our most dangerous problems, don't wait. Read what the critics have to say. Order your first edition copy today. Available at bookstores everywhere and Amazon.com. You hear all the important announcements on Good Morning Monterey Bay. I am today announcing on KSEO my candidacy for the King of the United States. I'm bringing back the monarchy and I want everyone to uh, vote for me. Okay, we'll vote for you. And I can't be president because of like some felony thing or something. But, <laughs> but it's I am running for uh, uh, King. What will your title be? Just King? King Helbart. King Helbard. Yes, King Helbard. It, it's happening. You wouldn't change your name to like one of those Louis or anything. And if you and if and if you guys don't agree, I'm going to cut your heads off. Wow. Well, yeah, I'm doing the King thing. I'm bringing back the guillotine. I'm bringing back. You don't even have a lisp or anything. <laughs> I'm gonna bring back. Yeah, I'm gonna bring back the uh, the lisp. I'm bringing all that stuff back and weird diseases. Oh, great. Well, you great. guys, and I'm pointing at you, Rosie. Yes. You guys. What, what was up with the diseases? <laughs> Good morning, Monterey Bay, 6 to 9, Monday through Friday on KSCO. Your source for news, sports, traffic, and weather. AM 1080, KSCO, Santa Cruz, San Jose, Salinas, and Monterey.